Hi, Mickey. Hey, Bob. Oh, Mickey, you've got a Barry Weiss University t-shirt or sweatshirt. Is that real? Sweatshirt. I'm, I'm doing my Christmas shopping, and I've, uh, I think I'm going to buy this uh, hoodie this from Barry yeah. Weiss University. You know what Barry Weiss University is. I absolutely do. Also known as the University of Austin. I mean, it's B- not yet a university. BWU, Bob. Barry White. Yeah, no, I think that's a perfectly good name for it. I, I, uh, the, so it was started by mainly some intellectual dark web types, you could say, some anti woke types for sure. And apparently the seed money comes from this guy who was a co founder of Palantir, this Peter Thiel thing. Um, oh, okay. So it, he's he's teal adjacent. It's not funded by teal. Um, he's much and, too good looking to have that much money. Oh, you've seen him and there's and, there's there's photos of him on the site. Yeah, Lonsdale, I believe his name. Yeah. So, but uh, I, I I don't think they have so much money that they can't uh, use some merch revenue. So I I we encourage everyone who wishes them well to buy. I don't that. think they get this merch revenue. I think I'm. I'm I'm creating this logo and they're going to have to buy it from me. Wait, did you create it really? Uh, yeah. Really? Wait. Seriously? You could design your own sweatshirt on the web, Bob. You should totally do this. Let's do it. <laughs> I mean, this will I think I think I I think I think we may be stealing their name and they'd be stealing our design. So The lawsuit will only be good publicity for the merch, but, Mickey. Let's do it. This is I, I, this is No, cuz I'm you're going to be hired to teach Israeli Palestinian relations there. Clear. Actually, they want, what's weird is you know what they want me to teach is the course on geometric unity. I haven't I haven't broken this news to Eric Weinstein yet, but I'm teaching the course on geometric unity. What's geometric unity? <laughs> That's his big theory. That's Eric Weinstein's big theory. Oh, I mean, it's, are you joking? Right? Uh, you might say yes. No, because Glenn uh, Lowry, Glenn Lowry, you're the the star, the superstar of Blogging Heads, uh, is on the board. One of the founding members. Yeah, Andrew well, Sullivan is one of the founding members. All these anti-woke people, yes. But what does founding member mean? I mean, for example, they say Steve Pinker. Well, I don't think Steve Pinker is going to move to Austin and teach there, right? Like, what does it mean? They're using some big academic names to get attention, but how many of these people are going to be meaningfully associated uh, with the university? Should it get accredited? That- and should it actually own a campus and have buildings on the campus, I mean, none of which do- has yet happened? Does Harvard let Pinker teach a course at another university? I'm not so sure. Right. Uh, one of many reasons to think that uh, well, one thing is they're going to select people, uh, select people through a one big exam uh, to eliminate sort of bias and the, whatever. And stupid people. And to, well, the, most colleges do try to eliminate stupid people. They got uh, a funny way of showing it. But but, uh, but um, th- they need the professors to design the exam. So it said it says on the website that one of the duties of these people is to help design this exam and grade it. So uh, uh, that's something Pinker and Lowry could uh, that's do. That's something he can do. Yes, uh, but um, he, he, could, it, he can. Yeah, they're a long way from having a class of undergraduates, but it's clearly a good thing. I mean, you know, so it'll get taken over by Eric Weinstein the way he took over Clubhouse. I mean, you know, it'll just every well, course will be I Eric mean, Weinstein. Now this this is an interesting question. Neither Brett nor Eric was mentioned. And but, but Heather Hying is. Heather Hying, Brett's Brett's wife, also an academic, was. But I, I I I look, they don't need publicity advice from me, but I personally think 
uh, they are not enhancing their academic credibility uh, if they if if they put Eric Weinstein on the on the faculty uh, and and Brett with Brett it's a separate problem but it's the it's it's the uh, you know the vax stuff and the ivermectin but I thought it was interesting that neither one was mentioned I'm sure Eric would have loved to have been mentioned right um, I guess I, I don't know. I mean, he's never, me. you know, he's never, I don't think, he, I don't think he's ever taught at the college level where he was, has. He, there was a long thread on a lecture he was giving on gauge theory. At the University of Chicago, which yeah. apparently was not well received. Oh, Judging by know. that thread, I mean. Since, okay, since I don't know what, I was counting on you to read the thread and give me a summary, well, which you just well, did. Well, it's a longstanding thing of Eric's. He He claims that he and his wife, uh, started a would-be revolution in economics decades ago by pointing out to them that, that they, if they would just import gauge theory, which is used in physics, to economics, they would have a more reliable cost-of-living indicator and, and all kinds of things would be wonderful in economics. But his uh, effort to help the field was ruthlessly suppressed by a Harvard uh, professor so that... Uh, oh, I forget what the so that was. It had to do with... Uh, um, a nefarious plot to uh, implement some economic policy. But anyway, I digress. It's one of those things where the, the guy uh, stole the idea and the, and the idea has been ruthlessly underpublicized. Well, if he stole the idea, he should have No, the guy didn't it. steal the idea. The oh, nefarious okay. guy ruthlessly repressed it. Oh, okay. uh, uh, I don't think anyone wants to steal it. <laughs> it okay. Hasn't but, reached that stature. What I saw of the thread seemed to say that it made sense. It was just very complicated and impractical. I, but, um, I, I read the thread you sent me and it just seemed like he was met. I mean, it was hard to say. It was just one econ undergrad student's account of the questions being asked of him. And it just seemed like, sounded like uncomprehending stares to me, but huh. I could be wrong. I, there, there's probably a better account out there. Um, um, well, anyway, um, I'm for this thing. I think it's, I think if they actually do accept undergraduates, they'll be quickly accepted by the business and publishing community, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, they'll all be substackers. There's going to be like a, a a college filled with people all who have substack accounts. So they can go into their future as substackers. That's what they're going to do with the rest of their lives. So uh, it's win-win. Yeah, well, it's a pretty... It's a narrower uh, set of people in Substack by a long shot. I mean, it, it is, you know, kind of anti-woke IDW. Um, no, they're going to have interesting. It's interesting what's happening to Austin, which used to be, I mean, still is to some extent, I, I, I guess, a, a lefty oasis in Texas. But now Joe Rogan is there. Um, this thing is happening and may or may not fly. I mean, they're a long way from, from the, making this concrete but but if this thing happens joe rogan's there elon musk is there who ideologically i would put somewhere in, in joe rogan territory which isn't entirely right wing it's got its you know but it's pretty libertarian anti-woke um i would say and the libertarian part of that is on the left i mean when you get to lifestyle well, issues it's it's a it, that 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 that, that can excuse left but anti-woke only gets you so far once they've once they got that out of their system, they're going to start arguing amongst themselves that it's going to start getting more interesting, right? They also seem to... Go ahead. Uh, I guess. I mean, 
uh, and the other thing is, uh, uh, they seem to be, they practically announced that they're going to be para parasitic off the University of Texas, which is the giant university in Austin, i.e., we don't need our library. We can go use UTs. And I wonder how UT feels about that. I, I don't know whether they have a public access policy. And if not, they'll have to then do a deal with UT. And yeah, we will see how they feel about it. I, I mean, you can imagine like woke student protests over that or something at UT. Yeah. My question is, at what point will they have a, a, a football team that can beat the Longhorns? That's what I'm waiting right. for. And That's what I would call the witness test of a great university. I want to know about the dating scene. Like, it will be like, don't date those Barry Weiss girls, you know? Right. They uh, they rely too much on reason and persuasion. Or you date them, but you don't marry them, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Those, you know, that kind of college, uh, you know? Could be that kind of college. They're very trusted. They don't cancel you, so it's okay. You can say anything. But then you can't we'll go back. See, actually, actually, that's a whole, that's a whole, but that's a parrot room topic. Can you say anything in, in uh, things you may not be able to say at Barry Weiss U? I'm writing it down for the parrot room. BWU. Okay. Well, we have another acronym. BWU? I prepared five acronyms that all begin with B, but I, I couldn't figure out what the last one was. But one of them is BBB. That, they've got three of your Bs right there. BBB and, and BIF. You only one to go. Uh, um, so uh, what? So it, what? It, so are we already so, are we already back to infrastructure? Well, infrastructure can be quick. There's the uh, basically what's happened is Joe, you know, Joe Manchin now has an excuse with inflation to say, mm -hmm. well, I gotta go slow on this. Maybe we'll deal with this next year. Yeah, horrible inflation numbers came out this week. Yeah, yeah, which which even Paul Krugman said he wasn't expecting. But I thought he, Krugman's card was pretty good. Well, it's interesting. He says that this is more analogous to the post World War II inflation, which just lasted a year or two and then magically disappeared. And he still thinks that will happen. I have thoughts on that, by the way. But well, Gim, this is your time to talk about inflation. Don't you want to talk about the the? We're a we're in an inflation digression. Okay. Here is I figured out this inflation thing, and my the the uh, the pop quiz version of it is Mickey. Tell me what is Joe Biden's most important anti-inflation initiative? Uh, raiding the offices of James O'Keefe. No bingo. No anti-inflation. The, uh, uh, the uh, lowering the uh, lowering the cost of daycare by providing more supply. Bzz. You have another okay. guess? Uh, it can't be banning fossil. It can't be can't be stopping fracking because that had the opposite effect. Uh, uh, no, I don't know what it is. His uh, his 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 vaccine mandate, which they set the the deadline for, just I think yesterday, January fourth or the day before, uh, which applies to companies with people over a hundred. Uh, apparently it involves 30 million people who have not been vaxxed. They don't have to get vaxxed, but if they don't, then they have to get tested like, you know, every three minutes or something. Um, so anyway, uh, what my larger, I, I increasingly think the question of whether inflation will persist is the question of whether life will get back to normal here in America. And here's the argument, okay? 
First of all, everybody says part of the inflation problem is not enough workers wanting to work. It seems to me there are two likely causes of that. One is they, for a while, got a lot of money, even if they sat around at home. That has run out, right? I mean, that, 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 that phase is over, right? The, the free money phase. I think that's true. I'm not sure all the PPP and unemployment money has run out, but okay. The uh, other probably the other um, big reason it seems that they don't want to work is some of them are afraid to go back to the workplace. They don't they don't want to like mix it up with people and and worry about getting COVID. So right there, a, a more highly vaccinated population reduces the case rate and so on, makes the workplace seem more friendly. Plus, by the way, you've got these medications coming online. I think this Pfizer right. medication is really going to be important um, in, in that regard. So that's one, one way it could be uh, getting COVID under control could be anti-inflationary. But there's another way. And, and here's something I heard only for the first time this week, but it makes sense. Part of the source of inflation and the source of the supply chain problems is that when COVID hit, there was a shift away from demand for services toward demand for products. Right. People, right. Well, but but that has implications. I mean, people right. aren't going to restaurants and, and spending money that way. So they're ordering stuff on Amazon that exacerbated supply chain problems and was inflationary. So again, you get COVID under control, more people going to restaurants and the theater and so on. They got less money to spend on products in that way too. Getting COVID under control is anti-inflationary. I think this is the big, the big enchilada. No, that's a good point. Um, although, oddly, Amazon itself seems to still be delivering on time, I guess, if the product is there. Um, the, the, the third factor you left out with the millennials is this sort of global ennui of the lie flat movement, which is happening in China, where people are sick of their rat race. They don't know where society is going. They don't know what their career is going to do for them. So they're just giving up. And, and that seems to be also a similar disease that afflicts millennials who are sort of not wanting to go back in the workplace. And what's more, uh, they're rational about it. I mean, they are reflecting alienation and various problems of modern society. I don't blame them for not wanting to go back, although, although I you know, resent millennials in every other respect. Uh, so I, I and I don't. I don't see a solution to that, uh, uh, you know, in the near future, unless our society somehow gets some overarching purpose that people are willing to pitch in for, like going to the moon or fighting disease or something like that. Yeah, but they can't. I mean, they got to make a living, right? I mean, uh, you know, unless not after the build back better bill uh, passes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the uh, uh, I mean, how much would that how much impact would that make? I mean, uh, well, you have to have a kid to get the check in the Build Back Better bill, right. and the check and these, is and these same millennials don't want to have kids because they say climate change is going to, you know, destroy the right. world anyway. And the check is only three thousand dollars a year or thirty six hundred a year. So you have two kids, you two kids plus plus food stamps plus Medicaid. You're in the seventeen to twenty thousand dollar range. If you're if you're sufficiently, you know, ascetic and live in the right town, you can do that and have some friends. So I think the answer is not a huge impact. Is there anything else in that bill that would well, uh, oh, sure. there's, subsidize there's, sitting this around? This is something that Ann Coulter pointed out. It probably wouldn't affect millennials, but apparently the Trade Adjustment Assistance Program has sort of been rat 
radically expanded in, in amount and also in terms of making sure that anybody qualifies. So it's a little going to be a little like uh, disability was after welfare reform. You know, we got a million new people on disability, no questions asked. We just want to give them cash. Trade adjustment assistance. We're not going to ask too many questions. If you say you're put out of work by foreign yeah. competition, uh, yeah. you're going to get some sort of large sum of money. And, uh, you know, public employee, according to Coulter, public employees qualify for it. And it's hard to see how public employees are put out of business by Chinese competition. But anyway. Yeah, that seems like kind of a. So that's in the Build Back Better? The, the, or, the Democrats totally want the, to give as much money to as much people as, as many people as possible. Yeah, so I that don't is really see the, the logic of that. I mean, uh, it, it's like, it's not your but, fault if you lost your job, not because of foreign competition. I mean, it's bad luck either way. It's like, why should we help the one group of people and not the other? Well, because we're compensating globalism losers, Bob. That's what the whole thing is. Yeah, but I mean, they're indistinguishable from non-globalism's losers. I mean, they just they just had a bad bad luck. Anyway, well, that's, I, that's I understand how it works point, as a leads, political message. That, but I understand how it works as a political message. During the campaign, people complain, you sold out our jobs to China, and you say, don't worry, we've got something for those people who lost their jobs to China. It just, as a, uh, in, ethic, in moral terms, and it seems to me in kind of policy actual logic terms, doesn't really make sense but go ahead well no then they then they'll use that logic to say you're right we need a universal basic income that doesn't distinguish between these two people yeah well that and wouldn't you, suffer from and then you problem yeah and then you put everybody on the dole and you have your millennials uh line and inflation and, stays with us by my account by everyone's account, no because really. the, the obvious plan is then they open the floodgates to immigration so all the americans go on the dole <laughs> and the immigrants take the job your fears they're, are never they're far doing that right the, now you're, 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 yeah. Uh, okay. So, um, um, anyway, you were going to talk about the political it, part of all this more. Yeah. What, what was this a digression from? This was a digression from, oh, Mansion. So, so yeah, everybody is, so everybody's wondering if Mansion is for real about, you know, delaying this until next year. My impression is Mansion can always be bought. He's an unreliable ally, but, uh, you know, the, the, there is the possibility that, if he delays it long enough, enough moderates will get cold feet that it'll just sort of die of disinterest or, you know, they get close to the election. Uh, there's this group of moderates who are sort of coming out as normals. We're not like these woke assholes. We're just normal Democrats. And they're they're pushing off against them uh, in a in a way. Connor Lamb is the big one. Uh, uh, so it, it does. It does Wait, seem like I, I miss that. What is Connor Lamb saying? He's he's basically saying I'm a normal Democrat. I'm not, I don't know what the if you use the exact word normal, but he's pushing back against the woke progressive faction of the Democrats. Okay, but as an uh, but affirmative we, identity, usually they just sort of are quiet and hope the progressives will lose the vote. Okay, but we need to distinguish, I think, between woke and this part of progressive, right? Okay, these economic policies, these kinds of economic policies that you don't like are kind of represent longstanding sentiment within progressivism. Woke generally refers to this like identity politics stuff, right? And I think that's a useful distinction because as I said last Except time- Except it, yeah. it, it got mixed up in the Green New Deal. It get it, you know, where they, they had both of those in there. It gets yeah, but, mixed up in, you know, that work is a, is a oppressive 
capitalist patriarchal value. Oh, fine, it but gets, basically, it gets I think, mixed up in welfare reform under Clinton was racist. That's a big woke point. Well, still, uh, Manchin is not objecting. The, the 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 deal killer for Manchin is not woke stuff in the way we mean that term. So to use the term here seems to me just basically an attempt to stigmatize the progressive parts of the legislature. I wasn't saying that. I wasn't talking about Manchin being normal. I was talking about Cotter Lamb being normal. I'm just saying there's a group of self-assertive moderates who feel the need to push back against probably both wokeism. I agree they're distinct, both wokeism and progressivism. Uh, but which but, one um, are you sure Connor Lamb is pushing back against? I'm not sure. Oh. I'm pr- uh, my guess would be wokeism. It, okay. it, it's just sort of an affect. It's like we lost Virginia. You know, those reasons we lost Virginia. Well, right. I'm not for them. But the reason I ask is because I'm I'm wondering, like, are these, quote, normal Democrats going to be opposed to the soft infrastructure? That's more about progressive well, that's the big social question. policy, and my, not my, 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 my hypothesis was that they were going to be more reluctant. It, you know, it seems in the, the, the counter argument is it's first the, the these people from suburban districts who want to re- repeal the SALT deduction. Or state and local it. tax. Uh, well, restore the SALT deduction, sorry. Right. The, for state Trump, local tax. Trump which, limited it to $10,000, I think, which, right, hurts, which, helps. which hurts a lot of liberal states that have, uh, you know, high property taxes. Right. States. Um, especially rich people in those states. Um, so it's a, it's a very regressive move on the part of these people, but it helps big city Democratic machines. But um, they're not going to get that that relief uh, from what Trump did, unless they pass a bill, so they're going to their temptation will be they want something, and uh, it, it it's also true that it seems inconceivable to me that Democrats would just admit failure and pass nothing. Uh, that just seems a horrible talking point to take into the election. Well, even though they have the infrastructure bill to boast of, are they going to say that we had this big BBB bill and hey, it failed? You know. We, well, if just Manchin collect. says it's not happening, it's not happening, right? I mean, it's not like the whole party will say that. It's just, will Joe Manchin say it? Right, but the 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 the, the, the assumption is that Manchin is angling for a negotiation in which something much smaller uh, is um, is passed. And I, I have a nominee for what that smaller thing should be. Having uh, let me having guess. read over having read over what's in the BBB bill and try to figure out what's good and what's not and what's fatally flawed and what's already been canceled. There was one thing I couldn't knock down. What's your guess as to what it is? I, I actually don't have a guess. Elder care. <laughs> convenient. <laughs> Very convenient. Just in time too. Um, yeah. The, um, no, I mean, everybody agrees this is a problem. I've, I've seen this problem in my own life. Basically what they, you know, they, 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 there's there's tremendous sort of unrecognized cost saving impetuses in the system that uh, you know involve pushing you out of the hospital and pushing you home to die, uh, where there's a hospice worker that comes around twice a week, uh, and it's just um, and that's for I, rich I love the sound of your phone ring. That's so classic. Uh, it's great. Uh, um, it, it sounds like we're in like a film noir. Like they want. It's like, don't answer the phone. <laughs> That's, the rule is don't answer the phone. They'll just want to sell you a warranty. Yeah. Um, so uh, Probably a nursing home trying to recruit you, but go ahead. Yeah, it, it, there's a special early 
early adoption bonus. Um, so, uh, and that's for rich people. Imagine how horrible it is for poor people. Now, I don't know about this. I'm, I'm sort of skeptical about the, the efficiency of having everybody, you know, wait out their elder years at home. But, you know, this is an attempt to do something about it. It's an attempt to put a lot of money behind home health care. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's sort of, it seems to me also, it's an experiment that can probably be canceled if it flops. So why not give it a try? Actually, don't subsidies tend not to get canceled? But the virtue of this subsidy is the people who've gotten it die. going to die. <laughs> and then they're not there again to demand a continuation. But I think there are institutions that benefit from the subsidy. Well, the unions will want it and the hospitals or maybe right. the nursing, not, or nursing homes. It. So this is in the bill no, already? This, just takes it, this takes the business away from nursing homes. It's home health care. Oh, they that seems so. That seems like bullshit. You talk about a subsidy for rich people. They think they think home health care is cheaper. I'm skeptical. Me too. It seems. I mean, we had a very good hospice worker it, it, under this bill. It wouldn't have to be a hospice worker; it could just be a healthcare worker. But she spent all her day in traffic going from home to home. Right. If she'd been in a group facility, she could have walked ten feet and seen the next patient. So you are um, you are against helping poor families with child rearing, but in favor of helping rich families uh, help their relatives die at home no, rather than in I'm, I'm for doing something to subsidize child care. A, uh, most poor people seem to prefer informal care. So pushing them into formal care is in part an acknowledgement that maybe we don't want them to spend all their time at home. We, we think they'll grow up better if they're in group care. I'm not so sure about that, but we should be explicit about it. Second, I'm not sure we want to push them into credentialed high-cost health care, high-cost daycare. And third, the current bill is fatally flawed, as as, as uh, Matt Brunig pointed out. Uh, you know, it raises the cost. It, it wants to raise the wage of a child care worker to $60,000. Now it's at $30,000. Mm -hmm. So child care becomes much more expensive. Uh, but the subsidies don't catch up. They only catch up for the poor. They don't catch up for the middle class. I, I, so for look, three years, the result of this bill will be middle class people having doubled their cost of child care. It's just fatally flawed. $15,000 uh -huh. more dollars a year. So come up with a bill that's if, not if, fatally if flawed, and I'll be for it. If your goal is to make me regret mentioning child care, you had me at informal, okay? the Let, let, me, um, let me say something about informal inflation. Informal is bad? I thought I would have had you at Matt Bruning. You know, you had me before you mentioned you had me a lot. My point is you mentioned informal early on in that. Uh, the the um, and what was wrong about that? No, my, the <laughs> um, I, I was saying if your goal was to make me regret bringing up child care because it, it enabled you to do your child care monologue. You had me at the beginning of the monologue. That was Oops. my point. That was when I regretted okay. it. When you mentioned the word informal, Oops. which was very near the beginning of the monologue. I informal isn't such a bullshit word. It's a meaningful I'm not word. saying it is. Listen, okay. let's uh, hash this out over uh, drinks. Um, so wait, I want to say one more thing that's annoying about this inflation. Uh, again, the, the 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 soft infrastructure bill is only highly inflationary if you don't pay for it with taxes. And it does, you know, the Democrats say they're going to pay for it. And it's now being scored by uh, CBO, I guess, the Congressional Budget Office. And we'll find out what CBO thinks 
But my sense is that even if it does technically pay for itself, it's kind of backloaded, the payment part. And so you could argue that even if it passes CBO's muster, it's inflationary. What annoys me was is, you know, you know, and it's paid for in these various gimmicky ways, like, oh, we're going to save money in in income tax collection by, you know, being tougher, some some stuff. All you got to do is raise taxes. And I want to read, you know, uh, this is a little uh, uh, an anti-Kirsten cinema rant. Uh, this is from The Washington Post. Quote, to meet the demands of Senator Kirsten Cinema, the White House agreed to drop a proposed 3% tax on taxpayers earning over $5 million, uh, instead agreeing to something else. Now, that would be a marginal rate, no doubt, right? That, uh, you know, uh, so, you, so, so you would have like somebody making $10 million a year paying 150,000 more in taxes if i'm doing the math right they can handle that and what what bothers me um is that uh you know that's a that's a fairly small number of americans who are in, like a very small number i think i think i saw the number 35,000 or something it's probably lower than that um the uh and if our political system is such that you know, if rich people have so much influence of our political system that you can't raise income taxes kind of modestly in the scheme of things on people making over five million dollars a year, then we are just screwed. I mean, we can't do shit. Well, and, a couple of points. Yeah. One, she she was against raising the marginal rate, but she was for the billionaires taxes, I understand it. Which would be right, just right, because that narrows it to like a thousand people. She thinks maybe we can get away with raising taxes on a thousand people. How no, no, there's an, there's an economic. Like, she doesn't talk, so you don't know what she's thinking. Right? <laughs> but but there is an economic rationale, which is marginal rates mean rich people won't want to invest because they'll have to make twenty five percent to make a to make a profit instead of twenty one percent. So it'll hurt jobs. Or she just go and grab their money, not on the margin, but just go and grab it. It doesn't affect the economies, but so you're not. You're not. You're there grabbing might be the, a rationale for it. You're grabbing their capital gains, and if you don't think they're going to find a way around that, I mean, for one thing, they're going to rush to cash in all their capital gains before you pass the damn thing, before it becomes law. So, was right the away, only billionaires tax the the tax on capital gains? That's I'm the one sure. she was talking about on unrealized one? capital gains, right? There, there was a defense of it that I didn't read. Some some the people who wrote it said it's not dead, it's not dead. It makes still makes sense. It didn't make sense a to me. Actually, I, I, I take back the part about them cashing in early because then they have to pay they'd have to pay on the realized gains, presumably. But they will find a way around of it. Uh, no, you know, that, that, to do that, with investing for you know, they'll find a way. Um but uh anyway, I so I don't you know, the, and the other thing is, you know, she was she uh, she was doing she got she wrote the infrastructure bills, she was trying to get something, anything, and if they have to rely on hiring 4,000, 40,000, 400,000, however many more IRS agents to get the money, uh, they'll do that. The problem is the CBO is not going to score that for the amount of money that, that they expect, and that will give the moderates an excuse to bail on it in the House. Right. Um, so, yeah, and I, the, other, the, th the fourth problem is I'm all for raising taxes if we're getting something for it, but I'm not willing to raise taxes on this pile of crap when we're going to need to raise taxes to finance Medicare and a bunch of health care expansions and el elder care 
the, the reason to oppose this bill is not because it's inflationary, it's because of the crap that's in it. Uh, that's what Manchin is evading, and at least at the moment. And so you, you don't want it because it's going to, you know, it's going to erode the work ethic, create an underclass. It's going to have a horrible, complicated paid leave program that nobody understands. Uh, it's going to raise the cost of childcare. It's totally inflationary. Uh, so oppose it on substantive grounds. Don't oppose it just because it's expensive. As as Paul Krugerman and everybody's pointing out, it's not that expensive because it's a 10-year program. The, the initial stimulus bill was much more expensive because it was all a short burst of spending that may or may not have caused inflation. I guess well, that's what may, what may happen. What may happen is, is the CBO score comes in at like 20, 25% below the actual cost of paying the, for the stuff. And so Manchin says, okay, cut this, this, and this. And, and that's what they settle on. That it, right. But that, that, um, no, I think that's right. Uh, and the question is how much will the bill will, how much will be left in the bill after Manchin is through with it. But there's also a problem in the House where they have this special deal that depends heavily on the CBO score. And if the CBO score doesn't come in, then the moderates have pledged to work hard. To, but, you know, there's a there's a, you know, that that's not exactly an airtight agreement. Uh, so there are a million ways for this thing to die, but it's inconceivable to me that it completely dies. Can, uh, can, I, can I make a hard infrastructure point? It's not inconceivable to me, but anyway, can I make a, a hard infrastructure point? Sure. Uh, this, it turns out, you know, there's a lot of money in the heart. The bill is definitely passed uh, and is becoming law. A lot of money for upgrading uh, train service. It's very uh, kind of underspecified in terms of what there's a lot of discretion uh, for, for the Secretary of Transportation in terms of how to spend it. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say you could do worse than Pete Buttigieg or something like that. I'm not a Buttigieg fan, but I, I got to kind of think that, like, he thinks of himself as this very, like, rational person who who does the numbers and is a, is a good government guy and won't be taking kickbacks. And so that part will work well, out not that bad. I think he's going to be bad. terrible. He's, he's already announced that he's going to uh, judge each city's plan on the basis of its racial equity component. Now that, and he clearly... He's clearly a guy who is very ambitious. He's going to blow with the political winds and do whatever. It's interesting. Peggy Noonan said the blob should also be applied to domestic policy. No, don't. He's going to do don't. whatever the domestic blob tells him to do. Do not muddy the, the domestic... term. <laughs> yeah, it's our term. It's good. <laughs> and don't fuck with it. In fact, I, I think she is part of a plot, uh, to, you know, some kind of neocon plot to, to destroy the meaning to of blob. I will not put up with it. The solution to pollution is dilution. Uh, He's trying to dilute your term. Yeah. Uh, the uh, but oh, um, well, we should call it something else then. Blob two or blab or. Let me say okay. I want to say one more thing about trains. It's important. But first, on the Buttigieg thing, I didn't see the whole quote, but apparently it's already clear. You know more than I did, but apparently he said something like, "Yes, if your underpasses." in certain neighborhoods are so low that trucks can't pass under them. That's racist or something. Well, but, but then I saw somebody on Twitter saying Robert Moses, you know, the famous, the power broker. Oh, you're missing a whole debate on Twitter. But, but isn't it true? According to this, this Twitter person, Robert Moses actually did think this way. Like he did this very kind of thing. Right. Well, there was a big debate on Twitter. Non-white low income neighborhoods. 
I can add value here, although I can't resolve it. it it's in Robert Caro's The Power Broker that Moses did this. Right. There are many other, many historians who said, no, this is bullshit. All highway passes at the time were lower. They took the bus to Jones Beach all the time. Sure, Robert Moses was racist, but the, 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 the height of the underpasses was not intentionally racist. And that's sort of where the fact checker of even the Washington Post left it. But nobody's bothered to call Caro to hear what's, what's his side of the story. Why did he throw this into his book uh, if it wasn't true? Uh, so we await the word from Carol, but I, I, it's looking bad. It, at the moment, it's on the ropes. This idea that the underpasses were intentionally designed to keep blacks it, from getting into Jones Beach with their It buses. sounds pretty far-fetched, but, but I say do, do not distract Carol from f- finishing his LB, <laughs> LBJ biography. There's not much chance of that happening anyway. Well, you know but, my line. My well, line is he should finish Game of Thrones and have the Game of Thrones guy come and finish the LBJ biography, <laughs> and then they'll be done. Instantly. Uh, the, anyway. LBJ, the, bi- the, the LBJ biography is kind of Game of Thrones, but the uh, anyway. Um, but but it's it's clear that transportation has been used for racist purposes all across the country. Expressways have been used to divide black and white areas, but the solution to that isn't to put in a new expressway somewhere else. It's to let blacks move into the white areas and whites move into the black areas, so it's no longer dividing the areas anymore. I mean, this idea that infrastructure is the way to do it is, is insane. Seems to me. Now, now I'm just wondering. I'm starting to think: Can Buddha Judge's uh, wokeism influence the railway part of this? Which is what I was talking about. I mean, the only way I can imagine is if he if he said, "Well, you know, like the Northeast Corridor or something is is for upper class white, you know, or something, and we're uh, we're going to build the, the the railway somewhere else." Anyway, what I it, was, yeah. It just gives him an excuse to boss around cities and make policy on his own and throw his weight around and do whatever the word we cannot say, the domestic policy blob wants him to do. Seriously, there are many (laughs) things, there are many things that would lead me to cut off communications with you entirely, but if you fuck with the blob. I'm causing you actual pain. No, the blob, it's a a good, specific, I like those Yale students who are pushing the pain button. Cause Bob pain. Ding, ding, ding. You mean in the famous experiment? Yeah. Was that Yale? The Milgram experiment? Or Stanford? I thought it was. Anyway, I thought it was some fancy. Stanford was a prison experiment. I don't know where the, I don't know. You know the weirdest. Anyway, go ahead. Weirdest, weirdest fact I've ever heard. So those two super famous experiments, uh, one by Milgram, uh, which was, uh, which was the push the pain button. And then one by who's the other guy? I'll think of his name. Who did the prison, the Stanford prison experiment? Two two most famous experiments about the dark side of human nature in all of psychology. There are non replicable. No, those two guys went to high school together. They went to the same high school at the same huh. time. Those two professors. Very suspicious coincidence. Anyway, um, final thing on trains. I was disturbed to learn, at least judging by this pretty deep summary of, of of the future of rail in America that there don't seem to be any plans for truly high-speed rail. You know, the kind where you have to rail, where you have to cut, lay new rail lines with a different gauge. Right, right. right like right. like you get the bullet trains like Japan or China. We're not going to have that. We're still going to be like a, you know. I, I guess they, they must think that there there is some technological successor that might beat it, like like Elon Musk 
tunnels, their hyper hyper rail or whatever it is, and or teleporting will be teleporting, or else we'll be telecommuting, and there'll be less demand for it. Okay. Uh, in California, that certainly has not been auspiciously gotten off to an auspicious start. I mean, they've it's been wildly over budget, and and they're just sort of it's been reduced to a small segment in the Central Valley. Well, so, in uh, well, see, that's because. Unless you want to suspend rail service for for a long time, you have to you have to have land adjacent to your tracks, right? Unless you're going to dig up the old tracks. Uh, I mean, also you want to continue to use the slower trains for just you know and and charge less for them or something. Um, so what you would like is to be able to lay, lay tracks alongside the old ones. But unless you have Robert Carroll, I mean, like uh, yeah, Robert Carroll, like. Uh, eminent domain powers you can't do you're th- that you're thinking a solid corridor east coast bob out here if we lost the slow passenger trains nobody would notice <laughs> okay. well, yeah but you, you still gotta uh, no 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 between I'm la saying, and san francisco the, the ridership has to be very small yeah but there's still the problem of what of your wasting perfectly good railway cars and the fact that you got to suspend service for a long time if you dig if you have to dig up the old tracks yeah. that's kind of disa- a disastrous combination well that's where they've given up they, they they're focusing on the easy part which is the central valley where they have that's the land. my point yeah, yeah. so what they so, what they did is with the acela they tried to have these new cool trains that could go kind of fast on the old tracks and i think they're going to do a, a new and improved version of that but i don't think it's gonna be very fast okay enough noah smith was celebrating how amtrak secretly up the up the speed to 110 miles an hour without without calling in any consultant. I did notice it did get faster at some point. Well, it's still not fast faster. Enough. Yeah, um, it's it's and it's and, 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 and it's just a mode of transportation for the elite. I mean, nobody thinks the average Bob and Mickey are going to jump on, uh, you know, this high speed train routinely. Au contraire, it's it's uh, it's no more expensive than a than a plane. I mean, if you're going from New York to to D.C., uh, you know the the regular speed train is is cheaper and not much slower because you don't have to do the whole airport security hassle yeah. and get there early. And right, that won't be true in California, but yes, California has cheap intercity planes, and uh, and the train was going to be quite expensive. Final point for rail on behalf of railway is it's good to have that redundancy in case something horrible does happen to your air travel. You know, three planes get blown up or something. You know, the country can still function. Also, anyway. China's doing it, so we have to do it. We have to do everything China does. Um, so good point. Um, it's because uh, Matt Iglesias pointed out, and I think it's true, uh, that one of the big one of the big questions that we have to resolve is what the hell do Republicans think now? I mean, Trump, I may have thought, Trump has liberated the Republican Party from the old orthodoxy. They don't have to be for war. They don't have to be neocon globalists. They don't have to be trade globalists. They, uh, they don't have to be pro-immigration. They don't have to just talk about taxes obsessively. They can be pro-social security, okay? They can basically be anything they want. So what are they going to be? Uh, is Kevin McCarthy going to be the, 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 you know, the head of ideology for Republican Party? I don't think so. Uh, he's sort of, uh, 
A, he's not that smart, and B, he's a man of the middle. So who is going to give the, you know, when once Republicans get power, what the hell are they going to do? Uh, uh, it's um, that's sort of the issue of the hour. Um, well, broadly, the answer seems to me that, like, if they're smart, uh, they'll do the um, I mean, just politically smart. I mean, this isn't the, the platform I, I embrace, but they'll do the like anti-immigration stuff and some of the protectionism stuff. But but unlike Trump, they'll combine that with some actual uh, left wing domestic policies and, uh, you know, uh, the, the way Steve Bannon supposedly wanted them to do. Right? Yeah. Well, that, music to my ears. That's the I think that's the sweet spot. There is a. I, I think I I may have talked about it with here or or in one of my many other media opportunities. But um, Pat Cadell used to run this candidate, Mister Smith. Did we talk about this? I don't uh, think so. He used to run. The, he used to take polls where the the current candidates were were uh, r- racing against a mythical Mister Smith, who basically uh, at the time uh, embraced all sorts of you know, left on warfare, right on culture. Uh, what was it? No, Le- right on economics, left on abortion and a bunch of culture issues that Pat Cadell liked. And I think it was also anywhere. And Mr. Smith would always win. Okay. The new Mr. Smith has to, as you say, be much more populist on immigration and trade, preserving manufacturing jobs. Uh, and, and that person would win. That's the sweet spot. That's the new Mr. Smith. And will Republicans be able to get there? That's, it seems to be the key question. I mean, Mike Pompeo is going to get there, you know. Uh, you said uh, isn't, isn't going to get there? Is not, because he's too neocon on foreign policy. Nikki Haley is going to get there for the same reason. Josh Hawley, you know, uh, he, he gave a speech to the National Conservatism Conference that's being widely derided about how men are becoming obsolete and they're sitting at reading porn and this is a disaster. Mm-hmm. He might get there. If he wasn't Josh Hawley, he'd have a good shot at getting there. And I think the Sanders could get there, as far as I can see. Uh, um, he, has, he doesn't have to have a foreign policy because he's a governor. So there, it, when you say there, you mean some of these left-wing domestic policies, some of these liberal domestic policies uh, that help the working class along with a restrained foreign policy. Yeah, where the the sweet spot is is what you just said. It's also the same thing as I think Trump without Trumpism without Trump. I mean, I, I, mean, I, th- so, I wish I wish I could say the restrained foreign policy is really a critical um, part of the equation. I'm not sure. I'm not sure that I think it actually. Are you Are you is. upset about the reaction to Afghanistan, which seems to have damaged Biden way beyond what what we expected? Um, well, yeah, I'd rather, I'd rather he be embraced for that. I think the jury's out on, on, I, I don't know that we'll ever know how lasting the damage was. Um, there was, by the way, uh, a thing on the BBC with a guy who was Afghanistan's foreign minister. And he said, uh, one reason the 300,000 Afghan troops couldn't defeat the smaller Taliban forces because there weren't anywhere near 300,000 of them. All the, the, all the, the, the regional like commanders and, and officials were lying in order so that we would keep sending them money to pay salaries of people who didn't exist. But, right. It was like it was Vietnam all over again. 
I'm not sure if that was a big exaggeration in Vietnam, but uh, well, anyway, like inflated body counts went up. Well, the, yeah, the body counts were inflated. People yeah. made up shit that the superiors wanted to hear. Yeah. The um. So, but 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 I don't know. I, I, the other thing is, I mean, the the trade policy. Uh, you know, Trump's protectionism kind of dovetailed with a very hard line on China that went beyond trade issues in the end. And Biden has actually followed that up. I mean, Biden is, uh, you know, being being pretty tough with China in terms of, you know, U.S. ships in that area, what we do and and and, and rhetoric and so on. So, you if know, you're looking if you're looking for optimal politics, I'm not sure most Americans agree with you. I think getting tough on China is quite popular. No? That's my point is I'm not right. I, I'm not I mean, I'm not sure I would imagine Trump's successor uh, not having a hawkish foreign policy toward China. So, I mean, and that's a policy that can get you into war. That That's not a dovish policy. If you're if you're saying we'll go to war over Taiwan and we're and we're going to send a, a bunch of uh, aircraft carriers to permanently patrol your coast, that's a hawkish policy. And my point is, I think a Republican a Republican candidate can get away with that. I, I, I don't, it, it's far I from, agree. I think what Trump showed is that people just don't give a shit about foreign policy. He, he didn't, I don't think he showed that there's really a huge constituency for constraint, uh, for restraint. I think he showed that the, what people thought the Republican, uh, you know, voter was about, which was a very hawkish foreign policy was wrong. But I think it may just be that people don't care. Uh, but what you describe is very different from nation building. And I think nation building is sort of is sort of in bad order among voters and well, okay, but, but you just said until, that until Biden, they start until they start trying to build the nation of China, then we're in deep trouble. But you just said that Biden got punished for ending the nation building in Afghanistan. So I don't know. Right. That's, that's, a, that's a troubling that's a troubling uh, piece of data for our point of view. I don't think you, your whole point of view is going to be adopted in this sweet spot, but I do think the anti-nation building part will be, although Afghanistan would seem to go in the other direction. I think most people say he was right to leave, but we don't like the seeming incompetence with, with, with which he did it. And we can debate about whether there's, that's a valid position, but I think that's what most people say. Uh, yeah, but again, I mean, mo uh, one reason most people say that is because the establishment united in punishing Biden and telling Americans that it was a total 100 percent fuck up and betrayal. And they're going to the as long as there's the blob, the blob is going to do that. Yeah. But it also seemed there was horrible visuals. There was a soccer star falling. It's always going to be horrible visuals. I mean, you can always, you know, there weren't horrible visuals when the Russians left. They just marched back across the bridge. When they left Afghanistan? Yeah. Well, there weren't smartphones. I mean, there was no video. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, uh, uh, you, 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 um, this ties in with, with something our former, our friend, former New Republic intern, intern Jonathan Carl wrote in his book, which was excerpted this I, week I, in the I was not there. I was not at the magazine when he was there. So oh, really? Oh. Uh, but, but go ahead. He was part of the famous hoax where, the interns got together and and pretended they were C-SPAN taping a New Republic editorial meeting, and they really they were just faking it. Yeah. Um, anyway, he's a nice guy. He's written a book that that makes a lot of the power of Johnny McEntee, Trump's former body man, 
for the very end of the administration. And one of the things Johnny McAfee did is give a note to the incoming defense team, having just fired the old defense team, saying, leave Afghanistan, uh, complete the withdrawal from, from Germany, uh, leave a bunch of other places. It was basically, I think, basically your foreign policy. Uh, Wait, from Germany? Yeah, you want to complete the the withdrawal from Germany. That's not a hobby horse of mine. Um, and uh, uh, so basically, Carl is punishing this guy for trying to get something done. I mean, he was, yes, he's only 29. Yes, he probably hired people who were a little jejun, uh, uh, who went around to the agencies and punished people for liking, liking Taylor Swift posts that were pro-Biden. On the other hand, if you want to run an efficient government, as Charlie Peters said, you have to have people who are loyal, enough people in the government who are loyal to your policies. The the uh, the old patronage system was what used to enforce that. And Johnny McEntee was basically trying to, in the space of like six weeks, uh, recreate the old patronage system. And he should get some points for that, even if we don't like the manner in which he did it. But the manner in which he did it wasn't that bad either. So he hired pretty girls that he could hit on. Big you're, in favor, you're in favor of that? I just think it's not a big issue compared with ensuring loyalty. Okay. <laughs> so uh, that's one of the complaints against him. I mean, you know. So we're we're up against our five minute warning, Mickey. Really? Yeah. We've been taping for fifty four minutes. Um. So it's actually our six minute warning. Well, I and think I've only- actually. I've touched on all my big things. There's only one big story we've left out. Which is what? The jury is still out. Rittenhouse. Oh. Yeah, where is that? Where is that at this point? Uh, uh, closing arguments are on Monday. I guess the, the, the case has been so, gone so heavily in Rittenhouse's favor. Now, I'm probably cocooned. I only, I don't hear the liberal press, but. The liberal, the liberal media seems to be way on the defensive. They're complaining about the judge, et cetera, et cetera. Um, that, uh, that maybe there'll be a move for some sort of directed verdict that comes before. I, I don't think that ever succeeds. But it seems to me the interesting possibility and the, and the scary one is that the jury will convict. They'll override all the evidence and just say, I'm sorry, we have to convict this guy because of the mood of the country. You know, I mean, they got their orders from Hakeem Jeffries, the member of the Democratic leadership who who tweeted, lock him up and throw away the key. You think they're taking orders from him? Why would the jury be taking orders from him? Well, they would just be taking orders from the zeitgeist. They would have to go. They would be unable to defend themselves if they had to go back to work and said, we let this guy off. Uh but the that, judge, but the, the, I mean, the judge seems to be sending exactly the opposite signals. Right. Well, they would be rebelling against the judge. Well, judges are very influential if you've ever been on a jury. I, I mean, unless you take a dislike to them. The, the, well, that, uh, this guy had Lee Greenwood on his ringtone. Man. Apparently. What was that? The song was I'm Proud to Be an American or something? I think so. Otherwise, they wouldn't. nobody would have recognized that it was Lee Greenwood. Yeah, I think so. That may be a clue. I mean, on the other hand, in the judge's defense, they say... He has a history of being a pro-defense judge, uh, but I don't know if that's true. Well, it's not necessarily a terrible thing. I didn't see the video of Rittenhouse breaking down crying. Did you see that? Was that I effective? saw a bit of it, as much as I could take. Was it effective? 
or was it affected? It was somewhere in between, I thought. Uh, hmm. I don't think it, I don't think that will do it for him. I think the photos of the guy pointing a gun at him when he when he shot him will are his best evidence. Uh, so it 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 um. It, yeah, it, I. It, so it, wait, you know, and they they can still convict him of the gun charge even if they don't convict him of the. Were there two charge. separate places where he shot somebody? He shot somebody one place and then ran and shot somebody another place. Well, he shot three people. So. Right. So I think because I have in my mind two memories of a guy that night uh, shooting people. And one of them, the video is clearer, the skateboard thing. I remember, you know, that, that you can pretty much see what happens there. The other one, it seems like, was more obscured. A guy was chasing him, and then you don't see exactly. I, I don't know if we have any video of the first shooting, which was the guy chasing him. The, the third shooting of the guy is the guy who lived, who was pointing a gun at him, is basically admitted under oath that he was pointing a gun at him, and he didn't get shot until he pointed the gun at him. Mm. So that seems sort of open and shut self-defense. Uh, the skateboard, the guy that apparently hit him in the head, actually hit him twice before he fired. Uh, but the first one, I don't know about. Uh, so uh, I think it, he'll, it, I think he'll be acquitted, or else, or else, I, unless there's some tiny charge they can they can. I just, with. I, I just, I have memories of the OJ case when all the when the main lawyer in the family, who is not me, but was a. Uh, my father, who was a had to, was a trial judge for years, although not in criminal cases, and was an appellate judge for years. Uh, when he learned that there was a quick verdict, immediately concluded he would be convicted. OJ would be convicted, and my mother, who as did many people, as did people who saw the jury when they came back. Uh, my mother, who had watched the trial, said, "No, he's not going to be convicted." Who was not a lawyer at all? She turned out to be right. Yeah. So um, I'm if, if the I'm wary of rational judgments applied to this case, and I think it'll be very difficult for the judge to overturn a verdict of guilty. I think he'll do it, but I think it'll be difficult. Wait, the the judge the judge does have the power to overturn the verdict. I think case? at some point after the verdict, he can overturn it. Yeah, or the I don't think court. he'd do that. And the appellate question- court can overturn it. Well, that can happen. My question is, if there's an acquittal, will there be much civil unrest? I say in that regard, uh, well, first of all, probably is made less likely by the fact that uh, he killed white people. Um, I mean, I, I don't mean I, I don't mean that the civil unrest would would come from black people. I just mean it would be more of a, a rallying cry. Uh but um, what's your prediction? If there's acquittal, that's it. My, um, my my prediction is he'll definitely be convicted of the gun charges and maybe something more. So, but what if what right? if there is acquittal? Will there be much oh, civil unrest? There'll be a small amount of civil unrest. The, yeah, I don't think there will be if, much. If, if if the people in the in the you know the other big trial, the Aubrey something trial in in. That would, that would trigger more. Unrest. That would trigger more. And that might happen, although it's a less less likely. And that's a case where the actual shooting part is obscured from the video by the pickup truck. But oh, I that think. Right? Yeah, right. You kind of. I mean, you, you know exactly what happened is like the guy runs by the pickup truck and 
suddenly there's a guy pointing a rifle at him. And I suspect his instinct was grab the guy's rifle or something. Because if you just run, he wins. He's got the rifle, you know, like, and I, but I say, if that's what happened and the guy grabbed the gun, the guy with the gun is still culpable. I mean, I don't know what the law is, but. uh, I'm not sure that's the law. I don't know what the law is, but grabbing a gun in a situation like that is a perfectly reasonable response. And, uh, and uh, running around with pickup trucks and shotguns, uh, is not. In I'm my told view, there's a lot more know. to this story than we've heard, but. Uh, well, what can there be other than the question of whether he was actually jogging or whether he wasn't? I mean. Well, the question he, is, did he have a history of, of jogging as a cover for doing other nefarious things? Well. Uh, and, and were they right to confront him? That's the question. Well. And I don't know the answer. Again. But I, I, I doubt it's as simple. Uh, as my advice to them is the same as to Rittenhouse. Dial 911 and then go watch a football game or something, okay? There are professionals who are in charge of these kinds of things. By the way, is it true that, was Rittenhouse 17 years old when yeah. this happened? And yeah. his And is it true that his mother drove him there with an assault rifle and dropped him off and said, have a nice evening? I don't what know. I f- hadn't heard that. Unless, uh, well, you know, I only know what I read in Twitter. It could be wrong, but I mean, but I would really, I would course, really raise some, raise some uh, questions of, about uh, the wisdom of the parental. Of course, the there. police should have been in charge that night, also. And the the more the police withdraw, the more people like Rittenhouse and the and the, these vigilantes come to the fore. They didn't so just you not can't, withdraw. You can't defund the police and have them withdraw and then complain that vigilantes come to the fore. They didn't just not withdraw. They signaled to the guys with the guns, we're glad you're here. Yeah. Okay. And, and, uh, so calling 911 wasn't going to do Rittenhouse any good. Well, staying nope. the fuck home would have. He didn't even live in that town. I know, but if suppose you're, suppose that doesn't completely solve the problem. Suppose you're somebody else who owned a store in that neighborhood. You go out with a gun. The that same thing that happened to Rittenhouse matter. would happen to you. No, if you exactly weren't 17 and lived in the town and were protecting your store, that would be a very He claimed matter. he was protecting his uncle's used car lots or car lots. He did have that excuse. Uh, is it uh, plausible? I have the faintest idea. I assume if it was completely mm-hmm. implausible, we would have heard about it. But um, um, Anyway, I predict acquittal and not major unrest, but a little. So what are we going to talk about in the parrot room? Uh, uh, will there be any unrest if they if he's convicted? The answer is no. So there's an asymmetrical unrest. Well, there there could be a little. No, there could be a little. There could be a little. There's going to be a flurry of uh, a flurry of takes. The country will be destroyed by a tsunami of takes. No, no. I mean, you know, uh, how will you know, your proud this boys up? types? Oh. Okay. I don't think so. The, so so he, what are you going to talk about in the parrot Boys room? at this point are, are not a formidable fighting force. So what are you going to talk about in the parrot room? And I would remind you, you are responsible for keeping the list. If you do not talk about these things in the parrot room at patreon.com slash parrot room, you have only yourself to blame. I am not your list keeper. Have I made myself clear? I thought... Before you made a big fuss about keeping the list, so I, I know you were the list. I realize that I'm no longer you up to that. You have only yourself to blame for people thinking that you were the list. I'm just trying to clarify my new status. I'm aging. I can no longer multitask the way I, I once could. Okay. Um, 
I want to talk about deprogramming millennials. Sounds interesting. Uh, I may have uh, I may have things to say about Substack, which will not interest any regular people, but might interest people interest people who are in the parrot room. Uh, I want to talk about I have under under news about a prominent member of Congress and a possible would-be member of Congress that satisfies all the criteria of under news. It's things that everybody knows that the mainstream reporter, mainstream media is not reporting, yet it has an impact on real-world events. Uh, um, I thought we could... Um, I could talk about why I have a beef with Jonathan Chait, because uh, you had you had suggested him as a possible guest, and he's still a very good possible guest. But I do have a beef. With him. Uh, many, about, I would think many, but go ahead. Uh, we can maybe talk about Fiona Hill. Yeah. Now, do you know that she figures into this whole? Uh... I was hoping you had a good line on her. She figures. Much more prominently in the dossier investigation than right in the Durham in the Durham thing. Yeah, I want to talk about that. I want to talk about that. Okay, um, that may be it for me. Okay, we can so talk I want about to talk. we can talk about Meghan Markle and how much of a menace she is to American society. Sounds wonderful. Uh, I'm up for that. Uh, I want to uh, talk a little about Brian Williams, who apparently is uh, retiring at least for the time being. I want to chastise the Washington, uh, is it the Washington Post? I think so, for its inaccurate, inaccurate coverage uh, of his, the controversy involving him some years ago. I mean, I mean, it inaccurately recounted it upon his uh, announcement that he was leaving MSNBC this last week. Um, okay, that's interesting. I, I am looking for a reason to defend Brian Williams. Yeah, well, I'm going to provide he you with uh, one of sorts. He's um, going to land on his feet. He's going to be head of this. Uh, he's obviously going to jump to CNN streaming service. Look, if worse comes to worse, there's a, there's a seat in the parrot room for him. That would be pretty, and pretty worse. That's the big buck. <laughs> that is the big buck. Uh, um, I'm going to uh, explain. I, I'm going to, I'm going to unveil the evidence that you now have child tax credit derangement syndrome, CTCDS. You, 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 uh, you may know which tweet I'm referring to, but uh, it's I, I think it's uh, it's it the one making that, a brilliant analogy between it, it is time between, you received counseling. Yes. Let's between don't, Democrats. Let's don't. No, uh, 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 bonus content. Bonus content, Mickey. I think I that it's was my bonus, best tweet it, of the week. I deserve it, a medal for that tweet. We'll see. But it's bonus content one way or the other. You just don't uh, like analogies. You don't like if, deep, meaningful analogies. If I have time speaking of analogies or metaphors. Or something. If I have time, I'll dig up this uh, Tony Blinken utterance about Havana syndrome and play it for people and use it as, well, not just a metaphor for his hawkishness on foreign policy, but actually draw a real connection to how crazy he's sounding about this and how crazy he sounds about some real I, life uh, things. I thought he's trying to walk a middle line. Got a funny way of showing it. Only this um, week he, 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 he virtually said. We will intervene militarily in Ukraine if Russia tries anything. Um, I, did he say intervene or did he say something wussier than that? He said our commitment is ironclad or, or to, to Ukraine's security is ironclad. He was well, definitely pointing in that to direction. What? 
Well, Ukraine's stand security. by and watch them lose. <laughs> yeah. um, the uh, also there was my so crazy it might just work solution for the Trump dilemma. I think oh, I don't think I got one around of those. To, but but what was the one them. last week? We welcome those. I get them. I think there's been multiple ones because I have in mind a blur of many of them. This may be an old one, but maybe not. I couldn't. As I long as neither it. of us is is uh, can remember. We'll consider it fresh content. The uh, uh, I may have a Beatles trivia question for you that which you will surely not get correct, even though you style yourself as some kind of like you know pop culture maven. Um, is, it, is it what group did George Martin produce before he went to work for the Beatles? No, what's the answer to that? Uh, Flanders and Swans, a great. That's, uh, that's what I was going to guess. A great, uh, a great comedy act. Uh, most famous for the cannibals lament, I won't eat people, the reluctant cannibal. I won't eat people, I won't eat people. Eating people is wrong. Well, Wrong's if the great Juju didn't Mickey, want us to eat people, he wouldn't have made us of meat. Mickey, you just really wasted some bonus content there. People will pay <laughs> for that. Believe me. They'll either pay for it or pay not to hear it. Either way, we can monetize. Um, the uh, Okay, so I'm going to talk about, a little more about Sam Harris. It may not be entirely flattering what I say about Sam Harris. You never know. Um, yes, and then, uh, what else? Uh, you know, the, the, the parrot room patrons are, are kind of divided on car talk. If we do it, we'll save it for the end. But uh, I keep learning more about cars. Well, there has been a, there was a, um, there was a big development. There were two big developments in the car world. Okay, what let's is do the car talk. No, no, what no, is what? I just want to say. Okay, okay, okay. Bonus content. Okay. Let them use their imagine. Let them think it's going to be something they're interested in okay. about cars. Don't. Ex- well, don't, it's don't. not just going to be you trying to buy a Rav Four. No, I could option a CRV. You never know. That's what that's what they come back for. Rav Four CRV. Which way will he go? Um. So I don't know. Uh, and who knows, maybe we'll stumble into more Barry Weiss University, uh, talk, but, but that's, that seems to me like a fair amount of stuff that we are committed to talking about as long as you kept your list. I sort of did. I circled and I have a whole bunch of items, you know, that I wrote down that I, where I can't read my handwriting. So I might decipher my handwriting by the time the paradigm starts. Well, we have that to look forward to. Okay. And. Uh, and then we can offer the Barry Weiss University sweatshirt as a door prize to the merch. lucky room. Hey, room. that could be our merch. The pair we pair room doesn't have any merch yet. I don't think it could be our merch, but <laughs> I think there there are tremendous legal barriers to having that be our merch. But um, I'm telling you, you okay. I could not hope for better publicity than a Barry Weiss lawsuit. Bring it on. Um. um okay. Okay, so we will see people not long after this post. We will we will show up at uh, patreon.com slash parrot room. Um, and uh, there will be a parrot there. I'm not sure we're going to give you a preview of the parrot because uh, Mickey is kind of looking around like as if he doesn't. He's found his parrot. parrot is. He's found his parrot. Oh, boy. <laughs> and they'll be breaking down the door to get in. Okay, see ya.